Hello, everybody. My name is Zara Mustani. I'm joined today by Amanda Hertenstein. And we are doing another episode of Bookish Things. So how are you today, Amanda? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. Um, anything new, about, like book-wise or anything going on with you that's interesting? I've gotten a whole bunch of new books. I keep buying without actually reading them. I've recently gotten Dance of Thieves, The Hunting Party, and um, Fated Thrones, which is a Zodiac Academy book. Oh, that's great. Um, same here. I bought all of, or I bought These Violent Delights, and then I went and bought Reminders of Him by Helene Coover, Colleen Hoover, sorry, I mix up her name. And I bought a Barnes & Noble exclusive um, Count of Monte Cristo. So that was exciting. That's awesome. <coughs> I see that you're reading These Violent Delights. How's it going so far? It's really, really good. So it is a Romeo and Juliet retelling, but it is, it's so good. Um, so basically it's, it's in 1928, 1927, Shanghai, and it's about these two rival gangs. They're the Scarlet Gang and the White Flowers. And basically what happens is Juliet Chi, which is the main character, um, there's a sickness that's going around Shanghai, and it's killing off people from not only the White Flowers, which is the other gang, but the Scarlets as well. So Romo Montagrav is the other guy. He's the heir to the to the White Flowers, and Juliet Chi is the heir to the Scarlets. And basically, um, they were in love when they were like around like 15, 16, and Romo uh, Roma betrays her. And she comes, she goes to New York after that, and she comes back. And this is basically the sickness just erupts in Shanghai, and she's trying to figure out what's happening. And not only that, it's there's also po politics involved with the the nationalists and the communist party within that time. It was really big in like 1920s and what's not within China. And they're trying to overthrow the gangs and not only is she trying to fight for her spot as heir, she's trying to fight for her gang and not only fight the p politics or the government itself, but there's the blood feud between the two gangs that is also running ransom around Shanghai. So it's, it's really crazy. Um, and it's also fantasy too. So there's monsters and like stuff like that involved that we still haven't, I'm pretty far into the book so far. Um, it's really good. What about you? What book have you been reading? So I finished Caraval and I was reading Legendary, which is about... So the first book follows Scarlet through her viewpoint of Caraval, and then the second book is following Dontella, her sister, and everything that's going on with her through her version of Caraval. And the second book is very good. I do like the first book a little bit better, but I've also been reading the Zodiac Academy book because I'm impatient and I read two books at once. And that one is also very good. Um, they're finally figuring out what had happened to Tori as well as um, showing how like the relationships between the heirs and um, the twins have changed over time. Um, so I recently finished, and you know I finished the Darker Shades of Magic series. Dude, I, we talked a lot about that before I got a chance to read it, and you read the first book. 
That is probably my favorite book trilogy of all time. V. Schwab is a top three best authors, in my opinion. It's her, Tolkien. Well, Tolkien's number one for me. And then it's Leigh Bardugo, the author of Shadow and Bone, Six of Crows, King of Scars. And then it's her. Um, literally love her work. That story, wasn't it really good? You, I, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it as much as I did. In my personal opinion, because you haven't read the second and third book yet, which you should, they're so good. The first book is my favorite because, like, the introduction to the world was just so crazy to me because, like, it's, it was a world that I've never read about. And it gets really, like, into it right away. The second book you'll see is more of, like, a chilled-down, like, calm story. It's, like, it's kind of like a like a filler episode, but it's not in a sense, like, it's not boring where you're, 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 like, reading it and you're, like, oh, my God, like, hurry it up. No, 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 it's, it's a sense of filler episode, but it's so good. Like, it was, it was filled with, like, just great stuff. And um, the third book is, like, climax. Like, the whole book is just filled with adventure and fighting and just a bunch of stuff. Crazy. It's really, it gets really crazy. And the third all right. Yeah, I remember liking the first book when we had a readathon where yeah. I finished it before you oh, did. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I still can't believe that I did that. Anymore. Yeah, no, I can't either. Yeah, I was halfway done with the book, and she started it at the same exact time that I was halfway done with it. She finished it before I did. Yeah. Uh, my curse and my blessing. <laughs> yes, I remember really liking it, um, especially Holland. Like Holland was just I love so Holland. adorable. I love Holland. Yeah, um, I, I was so sad. I was like, oh, my God, oh, I love yeah, him. Yeah. Um, my favorite characters in the whole, like, in all of the series is Cal is my favorite. I know you don't really like Cal as much as I wish you did, but <laughs> you'll understand what I mean when you get to the second and third book. Love him to death. Love him so much. He is second to Nikolai Lansoff. I literally live for that boy so much. Him and his... He's so baby. I love him so much. Yeah. And then after him is his brother, Rai. Rai Marish. <laughs> Prince See, for of me, it's switched. I like Rai better than Kel. Prince of Arnis. I love him so much. And then after Rai, it's Holland. I love Holland's character. Holland was a really, really good character. He was so broken, but, like, he was, in a sense, like, the villain. He was the villain of the story, but he wasn't the main villain you know what I mean he was more of the misunderstood like guy that was kind of forced into his role um loved Holland um and then you'll meet this character in the second book his name's Alucard Emery can't stand him I cannot stand him people love this guy I just don't like him he him and Cal don't really like each other and I, whoever Cal doesn't like I don't like you so <laughs> hey I think I know the main reason, though, because he's a, supposed to be kind of like Nikolai Lansov, and you he, read Nikolai first, so you yeah, like Nikolai. Yeah, so, so here's, my, here's my issue with it. Nikolai is literally, like, he resonates a lot of the same energy Nikolai does, but at the same time, there's just stuff about him I don't like. He's very arrogant. Nikolai was, but, like, in a, in a sense, like, he wasn't, he, like, he did stuff. Alucard doesn't really do anything. He does, but he's not like. You know what I mean? Like it just—it wasn't like. What he did wasn't very crazy to like what Nikolai ends up doing, you know, fighting in a war and all that. What's not? 
And then Nikolai, th- where it really nagged me the wrong way was Nikolai has this saying, as much as I love V. Schwab, don't get me wrong, and I love Leroy Dugo, and I'm not, no, this is no, this is, this, me saying this is no discredit to V. E. Schwab's writing. She's a genius. I love her. I just didn't like the character that she wrote about. Um, he says this saying, he, uh, Del- Delilah, she comes back into play with him, and she, she brings up piracy and pirates and he's like I'm not a pirate I'm a privateer and that saying is Nikolai's all-time saying like he says that a lot in throughout uh, Siege and Storm and then in King of Scars he says it all the time so I just was like that's not your line that's Nikolai's line find your own line find your own line it was just it was just whatever um but hey you know you like some characters and you hate some and I didn't really like him um I want to go over our discussion that we had with about Akatar. Oh yes, because because it was very very good. Like I felt like we 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 learned a lot of like or I discussed my feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Akatar, because I didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to film anything when I finished Akatar. We haven't done it since then. Jeez. So I finished. I finished a Court of Thorns and Roses. Technically, for me, a Court of Thorns and Roses ended ends at Wings and Ruin. Frost and Starlight was just whatever. I didn't like it. And then, I'm I I don't know. I feel weird about reading. So um, Silver, Silver Flame. Flame, Silver Flame, because like I love Cassie and and I didn't really like him and Nesta, so it was whatever. But um, I here's the thing. I loved the world that she created, that Sarah J. Moss created, Perinthian was so cool. The courts, the magic, the elves there, or the fae. Um, Feyre herself as a main character, I loved. Um, and I loved her love story with Reese and how she grew as a character from being kind of like this broken down person who basically had their like humanity stripped from them under the mountain to being like so powerful and so crazy like as far as like she learns her gifts and figures out how to control them and how to fight and figures out the truth i love that all what i didn't necessarily like and i do like there the the dislike and like of the story for me personally was it is not in a sense even i like it more than i hate it but there are some stuff that I really didn't like. One, I didn't like the over amount of romance that was in the story. Yeah, there is a lot, and um, I do see that. I did like it a little bit, only because like they did show like a lot of Resand and Feyre's relationship versus everyone else's. But they did have a lot of, even though like mates are supposed to be really rare, they had a whole bunch of those. That's what I'm saying. So like, mate, like in their world, like you said, mates were like it was like very hard for a fae to even go their whole life even meeting their mate. And then but just out of nowhere, like everybody had made it. Yeah, I know. And, and, and what I didn't like was like it all happened within their inner circle. Like, mm-hmm. within people that they knew very well. Well, not necessarily, because Col- uh, Colias and Vivian, 
they weren't as, as well known in the series, but they still ended up mating. See, that's the thing. No, no, no. Like, I felt like Vivian and Callias, which they're the high lord and lady of the Winter Court, their story, they got involved as mates. Like, when we first met them, they were already mates. Like, they, we knew that going in. Like, they're like, oh, that's his mate and that's his wife or his lady. What I didn't like was... Spoiler alert, if... Well, should I say it? Don't say it. I won't say it. Okay. What I didn't like is in the, towards the end of Mist and Fury, you know what I mean. Yeah. That, I didn't like. And then I didn't like the, the whole plot with Silver Flame. Yeah. What I don't like is these 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 people that are high fae go years and years and years and years of just battling have like shit ton of power oops a lot of power um and all of a sudden these human sisters come out of like nowhere and like bestow upon them like stuff you know what i mean like they just I get it, it's like a main character thing, and I understood that with Feyre, but I didn't like how her sisters got involved with it too. <coughs> and I didn't like how they did what they did with Nesta. I read, a, I I know basically kind of the plot of Silver Flame. What I don't like also is that like throughout the whole story, there's the cauldron and there's the, the magical powers of the cauldron, and then in Silver Flame we just automatically get introduced to these like creations that the cauldron brought like it was never really like discussed within the other books but then it's odd like this big plot in silver flame i didn't like that yeah i understand that i did not understand what was going on at first i did like the fact that they gave nesta her own book that showed her <coughs> healing because it showed like the healing process and like i've had to go through that too so it kind of like it resonated with me a little bit i didn't like the overly romantic stuff in there it was a lot um but like i said like i liked how they showed her healing process but otherwise like i get what you're saying with like the three objects they were never mentioned in the series there was like nothing that foreshadowed them coming out and it kind of just felt like filler to mm -hmm. me and it didn't really completely makes sense at first. I was like, wait, wh I'm so confused. What are these three things? Like, where they come from? And uh, even as they delved into the history of those three items, I was still like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, these weren't in the other books. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I really don't like is how... I, the thing with me is, out of the sisters, out of Feyre, Nesta, and Elaine, I love Elaine the most. And my reasoning behind that and I found out that a lot of people don't like her. And the reason is why she's not really necessarily a fighter like Nesta and Feyre are. They're more like, like they know how to fight and defend themselves. And Nesta, first off, she's bitter to the world. And I understand why she is. But at the same time, she doesn't, she's, I don't know, her, the Nesta I saw in, towards the end of, thorns and roses wasn't necessarily how I f like what I saw within wings and ruin I didn't like her 
I just feel like she was overly rude. She just didn't trust anybody. I understand that. And I debate whether or not, because Cassian was my favorite character, but then Lucian also is. Like, I can't really pick between the two of them. I love them both the same. So just her overly bickering with Cassian and then, like, something happens, you know? And then, like, her just being overly rude to Lucian... I didn't like that. I was like, okay, you got to understand, like, he, what he's dealing with and what he's going through right now. You can't just, like, just uprun and just be super mean to him because you feel a need to protect your sister, which is understandable. I, again, I just didn't like how she was approaching things. I love Lucian, and I don't like anybody that, make, like, is bad to him. Also, you're going to hate me for this, and I've sat down and I thought a lot about it, Eris, I love him. I don't care what he what what people say about him, what he did. I feel like more isn't explaining everything. And he I feel like he's secretly very good. And the reasoning behind that and the reason why I like Eris and people give me shit for it is cuz he is the reasoning why my favorite character or second favorite character Lucian survived. He lived in a household where his mom was abused. His dad was just expecting the, everything from him. His dad tortured him and his all his siblings. And what happened with him and Moore, what happened to Moore wasn't his doing. It was Moore's father's doing. They threw him. What happened was basically when, when all that stuff happened with Moore's dad, and then him nailing that to her her body and throwing her in the middle of the autumn court. You gotta understand, I feel like a sense of him wanted to help her, but he couldn't because of the person that he was living with, of the family that he grew up in. If he showed any sign of weakness, they would take that and they would have killed him or used that against him for the rest of his life. So I felt like he, it was selfish of him for doing so, but you gotta understand why he did it. And I, I understand, I understood him. I feel like he's very misunderstood and he deserves a chance of redemption. And I feel like he kind of got it in Wings and Ruin. I hear he has pretty big redemption arc in Silver Flame. I liked him from the beginning. I didn't want to tell you this because I just didn't feel like you would like, you would like agree with me. I just, I don't know. I, I've always, I felt like, and I love Autumn. I feel like it just also does that because of my favorite season. But Lucian is lives because of him. We're not. We don't get to see his side of the story more. It's more like Moore is telling them, uh, and and we only get to see their him through Farah's perspective, through Resan's perspective, through Cassian and Az, which they hate each other. You know, like through their perspective, we don't really get to see his and what he was dealing with. So I feel like there, he reminds me a lot of Loki in a sense, cause like Marvel did that really good with Loki was like, they gotta show that what he was going through, you know, and people resonated with him. So I feel like Eris fits that role of Loki where he just lived in a very broken household and he couldn't show any signs of weakness because if he did, they would use that against him and they would break him. He had to become High Lord to change the Autumn Court. So I see what you're saying, and I do agree with most of what you're saying. There's a little bit of it that I'm like, okay, like, yes and no. Like, I'm still kind of, like, he does get a good redemption arc in 
uh, Silver Flames, but there are parts in there where I just kind of want to strangle him a little bit because he isn't exactly using his brain. <laughs> like, um, he dances with Nesta and he wants to be with her all of a sudden. Like, that, like... He that, likes her? Not necessarily. It's... Oh. I honestly don't even know what was happening. I just read it and I was like, okay, um, this kind of happened. Uh-huh. But... I do, for like the thing with Moore, I feel like he kind of did have a choice because if he wanted to, he could have at least healed her. He could have taken the nails out, he could have healed her, and he could have either told the Night Court or he could have like, (coughs) I don't know exactly where, but he could have like put her somewhere in the Autumn Court with some of the farmers or people around the area. Yeah, that's what, okay, what what I'm saying is even if he tried to, I feel like his father would have found out, one. Two, any, anything that he did, they would, even if he took the nails out just because for the sake of it, right, or put her in a different spot, any form of kindness that he would show, I felt like Bar- Baron and his brothers would take that and twist it to the point where he had no other choice but to do what he... He had no other choice but to be cruel. You get what I'm saying? He, he lived in a broken household where his dad was evil. His dad is a bad person. His brothers were bad people. His mom wasn't happy. I felt like... I felt like he just had no other choice but, and, but to do what he did. And see, I can see that, but once you read Silver Flames... Like, if you ever do read it, like, you'll see that he did have the choice and that he totally could have taken it. And that he technically, even, like, even though, yes, he lives in a bad household, I'm not denying that, they didn't completely break him. And he still had that kindness in him if he wanted to use it. It's the problem was that he didn't use it is why I have a small problem with him. Mm -hmm. Like, I do see, like, I see what you're saying. I completely do. But he did have the chance to take that like route of kindness, and he just didn't take it. Yeah, I just feel I just feel like he was in a sense afraid of his father, even if he like he, he you when you heard that he was the reason why Lucian survived, I felt like when I read it that he was terrified of his father, but he loved his necessary and the reason why he was so terrified of his dad. He didn't care for more enough to help her because of his his fear of his father. I felt like overpowered his caring for more. But when it came to Lucian, I felt like his love for his brother overpowered his fear for his from from his dad. So that's when he extended out his help and basically took Lucian to the Spring Court with like and like basically like Tamlin helped him out and what's not. I just feel like we need to see more of him and we need to hear more of his side of the story to really judge him. I didn't like how people, like a lot of the fans of Akatar, were judging him based off of the small bits we get of him in Wings and Ruin. I just, I just want to hear more of his story and what he had to deal with. A lot more of that judging also comes from Silver Flames because, like I said, like he has the kindness and he can still show it. But the other problem was that, like how you were saying, um, I don't remember exactly what it was because, you know, short-term memory, but um, you were saying something and my mind immediately went to 
him meeting with Cassian because he did, it's not that he was afraid of Barone. He didn't care what Barone did to him. And it's shown when he's meeting up with Cassian and having Cassian um, help him. And that's, and like there's multiple meetings with Cassian where he's like, he's telling Cassian all this information about the Autumn Court and it is just have, telling him like, just help me fix what's going on and we can worry about bickering later. And he doesn't care that he's giving away a lot of Autumn Court secrets even though he knows that Barone would punish him if he found out. Well, the reasoning why, my also opinion is, the reason why I feel like he did that was because his goal towards, his his only goal and the only reason why he started working with the Night Court was to end up killing Baron. He wanted to kill his dad. He wanted to become High Lord because I feel like he had a bigger vision for the Autumn Court and the only reason why he was willing to give those secrets was for his goal to be succeeded. Like I said, he gives me very much Loki vibes. He gives off that that sense of the broken brother who just who has so much weight on his shoulder. But unlike Loki, who had Thor to help him, and unlike Loki, who who had Frigga, Eris, I felt like had nobody. He was all alone, and he had to deal with that cruelty himself. And in a sense, it was very selfish of him to do so, but at, at the same time, I understood why he did it. And I'm glad he did, and I, I'm okay with what he did. I understand what he did was wrong, and in my eyes, I feel like the hate that we, get, we, we give him is the hate that we should be aiming towards Moore's father instead of him, and Moore's family instead of him. Because it, it wasn't he who ended up doing it yes he could have helped her afterwards but at the same time like I said I feel like it was just his fear of his father at that time and then his willingness not to do it like he yeah it could have whatever but like I felt like it was just his fear and I feel like we need to know more of his story because the only thing that we've heard about him is Moore's perspective because she she hates him we've heard Azrael's perspective he hates him we San hates him Farah hates him. They all hate him. And we've only heard their side of the story towards him. Lucian hates him. But little does Lucian know that he's the only reason why he's here is because of his brother, in a sense. And I love Lucian. And I that's also another reason why, why I like Eris as much as I do is because if it wasn't for him, I feel like Lucian wouldn't, my favorite character wouldn't be alive. Yeah, and I can see that. Like I said, like I see that and... Like, we'll have differing views over each oh, yeah, character. Because, yeah, yeah. like, like you said, like, you love Cassian and Lucian. I don't like Lucian that much. Yeah. But I do like Cassian, and I love Asriel. Asriel, oh, yeah, Asriel deserves a lot more love than, he, than, than yeah. he gets. He's so amazing. Yeah, he's such a softy when it comes to certain things, and otherwise he's a sarcastic little... <laughs> yeah, he's he's funny. Yeah. Um, there's this... I, I've, I've been meaning to start uh, Crescent City. You need to. It's so good. And I've been hearing this sound on TikTok, and it's like Rudan, Crown Prince of the Valbar and Fae. It's stuck in my head. Oh, I can't really? stop. <laughs> I can't stop like reciting it. And I think I sent it to you. Um, it's his name is um, Aaron Black or Aiden Black. Yeah. I feel like I, he would be the like real life Rudan, and he lo- he's so beautiful. Yeah, I feel like he would be. <coughs> I feel like he could. 
but I also feel like there may be like one or two other options that I'm like, okay, I could totally see them playing Rune Dannon. And honestly, I could like a small part of me that's like, like yes and no, like I'm still kind of like figuring it out. But Jason Momoa, I feel like he <laughs> could play Rune yeah, Dannon. That's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I okay. So in the Crescent City universe, I have so many favorite characters. But Rune is always going to be number two. Number one will always be Bryce. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Bryce. She's she's a queen. She, we love her. She, we stand her. And number three will always be Danica. Those three are not going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, even when you learn about what Rune, like, learn about him and Bryce's past, like, I still liked him. I don't, like, it was mainly because, like, you could tell he felt bad about what happened in their past. Uh-huh. You could tell he had emotion off of, off of it. Yeah. So like him, Bryce and Danica are always like I've loved them. They're my favorite characters. Light it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I, I also um, like uh, a few other characters, but a lot of them you don't meet until a little bit later on. But I also love Fury, um, Axter. She a queen. Also. Um, before, so when I finished Darker Sage of Magic, I started to read It Ends With Us before I read These Violent Delights. Girl, I got 45, 50 pages in. I couldn't do it. It was just too too realistic. Like, <laughs> I, I read books, mainly fantasy, because I want to, like, escape this world and I want to, like, live in another universe and what's not. And that was just, like, it was just engulfing me too deep into this world already i just didn't like it and i'm not necessarily saying that that um colleen hoover is a bad writer or she's just her books are bad it's necessarily i just didn't like what i was reading and i don't like real world stuff and like coming of age books (coughs) so that's just like i was just whatever about it so yeah i might have to borrow that book from you because i want to try it but like you said, like mainly fantasy books. So I'm like, mm, do I really want to spend my money on that? If I know, like, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Yeah. So like, I don't really want to buy that book. But like some books, I'm like, okay, I'll like, I'll buy it. Yeah. Because me and Tahari want to read The Hunting Party together. So I bought it. I was like, okay, well, I'll buy it. So that way we can read it together. And I'll go from there and see if I like that kind of stuff. And it's more of a mystery than I'm used to. Yeah. But after reading Crescent City, which has the mystery aspect, I'm much more willing to open up to the mystery novel books. Uh Um, At least certain ones a little bit more. I feel like my favorite, in a sense, mystery novel was Six of Crows. In a sense, like, it was, it had its own mystery. It had its plot points where we didn't know what was going on. And then the mission, the heist, everything about Six of Crows was immaculate i love that book with a burning passion yeah i keep rereading it <laughs> i need to keep re- i need to reread it um okay i haven't asked you this but give me your top three top five like books of all time Ooh. okay well okay so i'm gonna go with top five because it's kind of hard for me to narrow it down uh-huh um number one would have to be um, an older book re- series I read, but it was, like, one of the ones that, like, really got me into reading, which is Keeper of the Lost Cities. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it in forever, and a new book's supposed to come out, so I might get it and, like, reread the series just to, like, reimburse myself with old times. 
Number two is probably uh, Crescent City. Number three, City of Brass. Number four is Six of Crows. And number five, I would have to say it is, um, like so far, Zodiac Academy. I like that book a lot. But that fifth one I'm still deciding on because Dance of Thieves sounds really good and I want like, to try Dance it. I need to get Vow of Thieves, the second book. So my list goes The Hobbit, um, Six of Crows, uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, um, uh, what is it called? The first Darker Shades of Magic book and Rule of Wolves, which is the last book or the second book within, um, the King of Scars. So that's all, that's all the time we have for today. Like we, we did really good. I'm so happy that I got to talk to you. It's been a really, really long time. So yeah, yeah. we need to redo the podcast some more. All right. Bye guys. Have a very wonderful day.